Right, welcome everybody to another episode of the Chris and Dave Reality Cast. I'm one of your hosts, Chris Phelps, and my co-host and very good friend is Mr. Dave Horrocks. Hey there, Chris. Happy weekends here. We're getting close to Christmas, aren't we? And we're here on our bonus episode as well. So what have we got in the mailbag, sir? Well, Dave, we have a little bit of a backlog, didn't haven't we? Because uh, because of my charity efforts, we got a little bit... Uh, bogged up there so apologies guys but we are back and this one's from our good friend dd and it says hi chris and dave and to be fair dave i've already read this it puts a lot of context on what me and you had said about the show mm-hmm. as being back to the bachelorette novices so it just says i just wanted to check in and let you know how much i'm enjoying your recaps and your bonus pods also best wishes to loyal listener lauren and her knee troubles i can sympathize working at home in my little office has been really bad for my orthopedic health you know you're middle-aged when you get hurt sitting on your ass and sleeping. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that today, Dave, I must admit. A quick, a quick take on your comments about all the snogging that goes on. It's true. In normal life, that seems sort of yuck. But on The Bachelor shows, that's normal, in fact. Almost weird if the lead doesn't kiss someone. You kind of get used to it. But sometimes I get tired of watching it. Formula Bachelorette Hannah Brown said those Listerine breath strips are a go-to between snogs are a must. <laughs> <laughs> or something like that. Anyway, she mentioned she used them a lot. Thoughts on the episode? Now, this is, bear in mind, this is from not the one we've just seen, the one before, Dave, so episode eight. I wanted to hear more of Zach's story of addiction and redemption. I sense that he said a lot more, but he was savagely edited. What a shame. I'm not a fan of the wedding photo shoot. They have done this on a few seasons, like why? Dressing up, dressing up as if you're carefully cho- choosing a gown to wed someone you barely know. Bennett, Bennett, and again, Bennett. Why so condescending? He's got to be a stick to go along with the rich and debonair vibe. Is he really rich or did he have a pricey education? I think the latter, to be honest, Dave. Okay, I wasn't comfortable with Ben stripping down on the self-portrait date, but I would like to have heard a whole lot more about his eating disorder. That must be a huge struggle, especially for a guy, and I bet he still struggles with it. I don't think I've ever heard a contestant talk about that issue, and I bet a lot of previous contestants have faced it. Easy. I saw it in Tasha's eyes that you were going on, buddy. Now, I didn't see that, Dave. I must admit, mm. there's some pretty serious allegations about him and speculation as to why and why they haven't been addressed. Maybe now. Anyway, so many thoughts. But will I sign off here? Thanks for all you. Hold on. Thanks for all you do, and who wouldn't love to see you guys get the band back together? You could play a country <laughs> song at an upcoming bachelorette season <gasps> in Arizona. Oh, <laughs> Sorry, Dave, a lot there. Chris, we, we, we've just covered the Blues Brothers, haven't we? We should do a bit of Rawhide. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> move them on. Move them on. Round up. Rawhide. Yeah, we can do both types of music, country and western. Very <laughs> <So, laughs> So, oh, brilliant email. And and I think this is going to be a bit of a theme, isn't it? Showing our greenness with The Bachelor and Bachelorette about all the snogging. But I, I was thinking about this, Chris. I don't think it's anything that I'm going to ever get blasé about. Well, I think... Do you mean about the kissing, Dave? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I I don't think I'm going to get used to it. Watching it this week and when I... And I've watched the Bachelor before. You have. You've covered it on a previous podcast. You know what you're getting, Dave. It's just... Yeah. It does seem more... When I see that, I think that whoever the Bachelor Bachelorette is, they should only be kissing the ones they really got a connection with. 
Like, like if you're just going to just willy nilly go for it every single episode, that's where I struggle believing the story of, of like how the, I mean, it's the guys and they say, I really care about you. I just want you to be happy. No, you don't. You want to be on the show because it's a popularity contest yeah. more than anything. That's all you're there for. So you get your profile up to people seeing you on screen and they relate to you and you go on other TV shows. Yeah. And, and I just think it's, it's not normal, but it's Bachelorette normal. And I guess, you know, if we cover more shows of The Bachelor and Bachelorette, maybe it'll become, we'll get more used to it. But it's just fucking weird, isn't it? <laughs> it's cool. Yeah. I mean, you have to step out. And I guess if you've lived and breathed this for the last, you know, best part of 20 years, then, you know, it's, and you get a couple of middle-aged dudes who are like, oh, he's rather, uh, it's not right. Um, might seem that might seem a bit weird, but like I say, I, I don't care how many seasons I watch of this, it will still strike me as odd. But then, you know, I guess conversely, what people are saying is that well, if the Bachelor and Bachelorette don't do that, they don't go snogging lots of different people, then they're a bit dull, they're a bit boring, uh, and they won't ever get another job on the Bachelor franchise again. So. I mean, it is a tough one, but yeah, for me personally, never going to not find it weird. No, me too, Dave. I agree. And and um, Dave, the second email is from our good friend, Lauren Dave, and I'm going to let you read this one. <laughs> well, just before I get to that, though, I mean, uh, Didi's point about Bennett, again, what an absolute tool. I mean, she's mentioned there about his pricey education, and obviously he's, he's I say obviously he's gone to Harvard. I, I am slightly questioning that, or whether he just turned up and, and it was bought and paid for and uh, didn't learn that much. But, I mean, did you notice, because I, I, I watched the end bit again, and when he comes back in and he's talking to Tasha about a, a whirlwind instead of a whirlwind, yeah, it's called it a whirlwind, as if yeah. it's a real thing. I'm, you know, you can't fucking add up. You can't spell. <laughs> he thinks whirlwind is whirlwind. You know, it strikes me as someone who's just trying to be. He's trying to be something. He's not. I'm. I'm sort of questioning whether he is who he says he is. He could be there. I'll tell you what. You know what this and this is. This is me speculating. This isn't you or anyone else. There's been a massive thing in America. I don't know if you've picked up on it the last year or so, where a lot of high-profile celebrities have been backdooring their kids into schools by giving them backhanders, Dave, to mm-hmm. get good, good grades. Hello, Bennett. Yeah. You know what I mean? That's all I'm going to say, Dave. I'm not saying it's true, but. He looks, and I think Dee's right. Is it a case of he has had an expensive education? It doesn't necessarily mean he's fucking learned anything. Yeah, it else. doesn't mean <laughs> paying to get him in the best schools. It means just, there you go, just give him an A. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's what I think. I'm, I'm with Dee on that. I really am. There, there is something definitely off uh, about yeah. him and his, his Harvard education. But anyway, Chris, so our good friend Lauren here, it simply <laughs> says, well, actually, the subject is letters from war. Oh, Chris. Oh, dear, sweet Chris. I plan to write this massive, this missive from a place of... It must be message. Right, let me start that again. I plan to write this message from a place of peace. I truly did. And Ernest, if slightly post-surgery, edible enhanced, truth be told, offer of healing across the waters. But no matter how horrendous your opinions are, and boy, they are horrid, are we not 
deep down allies in watching trash TV in these troubled times. <laughs> but then, dear Chris, dear Chris, you open the pod saying hats off to Zach and Ben. And you shortly followed that with sudden tenderness for Ed, whom you shat on just last week. And this was the previous week. So this is a letter from last week that we didn't get a chance to read out. And Chris, Peg the Leg could not stand, could stand no more. <laughs> I, issued, I issued Zach to you as a challenge last week, because even before we knew much about him, he gave me creepy vibes. Knowing his story now, I do applaud the resilience it takes to battle demons and hold them in check. But even so, something about him just makes me shiver. His whole, your breathtaking moment, felt incredibly manipulative. The odd fondness with which he spoke of his wild ride felt off. And he also referred to Tasha as someone who he was craving, as if that addictive appetite were a compliment. In the end, I'm left more uncomfortable than before with Zach of the weak chin and shifting eyes. So, Chris, you failed the test. Put your hat back on. (laughs) And while you're doing that, can you also tell Ben to put his clothes back on too? Physical nakedness without consent or explanation in the moment, or ever in the case of the guys in the room who never got got the latter context, is is a massive pass. Chris, again, your head should firmly be covered, just like Ben's unsolicited real-life junk. Now, Chris, all is not lost between us. Your betrothed, Jason, Jason <laughs> may feel more lastingly betrayed by these offences, and more by your sudden pandering to Ed, but I can appreciate a grower, smiley face, and with Dave as your captain... <laughs> You do indeed sometimes find your way, much like a baby naked mole rat (laughs) who sometimes does fail, who sometimes does fall down the right hole. And most of all, you did heroically eat kangaroo balls for your lady love to go to Australia. So all is not lost, and here's the offer. Deliver the rendition of Mocha Latte. Oh no, I've not forgotten. And the tally of the podcast where the performance has not occurred is now at two. Or else, I think it's probably three now. Um, in its place, perform an interpretive musical self-portrait in the spirit of this week's group days. <laughs> Sing a little ditty about the essence of your deepest traumatic Chris coming to be. And perhaps you will once more get the rose. And if you choose to pass, just remember this. A peg leg is useful in a fight. <laughs> that's from Lauren. Now, Chris, that was chock full of uh, insults and slights. <laughs> what What have you to say? <laughs> you really need to say what I want to say, Dave. I don't like the fact that you fucking enjoyed that a little bit too oh, I much, my friends. <laughs> fucking Homer Simpson was straight in that bus there. Yeah, that's, I'm well out on my own. Now... What I would say, Dave, is she can't catch me at the moment, so we're okay. <laughs> are we get are we getting I mean, our? Um, I I honestly can't remember what mocha latte goes like. No, I I think I do, but I, I'd have to listen to. It. I'm gonna have to pull it out of the bag art at some point. At um, some point, I think so. Yeah, just make I, I it better than the uh, Ed Sheeran one. <laughs> 
All right, thanks, mate. Um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna admit defeat on this, Lauren. You, you've run rings around me. I'm not even gonna take her up on it, Dave. Every time I come back with a little dig, um, she gets it and comes back with more. So all I'll say to you is the one thing that. I will say about her email, she did say, I can't stand no more. And she's right, because you can't stand at the moment, no. Dave. What other than that? <laughs> oh, savage. Oh, my word. But other than that, I'm admitting defeat, You're Dave. Not... She is, <laughs> What's admitting defeat after that? You, I think you've invited a bit more troll in there. Bring it on, bring it on. (laughs) Lauren, I doff my cap. I have no answer for that. Very, very good. Very good. Awesome. Um, Chris, we had another one from Lorraine. (laughs) Our good friend Lorraine, yeah. Uh, Luckily, she doesn't go at me so much, Dave. But anyway, (laughs) (laughs) hi, Chris and Dave. It's me again. I can't keep away. Have you noticed that taste? You can't pronounce the word vulnerable. She says vulnerable. (laughs) I think even I can't pronounce vulnerable. Vulnerable. Vulnerable, vulnerable. It's even I couldn't do it every time. I'm not happy about that, Lorraine. Is that another test? I don't I don't do all the come by our bullshit. And this episode was full of it. Each of the men were trying to outdo each other with their sob sob stories. Fine for Tasha's attention. It was so awkward to watch. Bulimia, brain tumors, the mother and son story, and then Blake molded a penis. It's <laughs> probably kept him on the show though, to be fair, isn't it? It was a lovely bit of sculpturing. Did you, did you notice that when Tasha came back from crying at the arts class, as she walked back into the room, Bennett was giving the biggest yawn. He really is a prize knob. I completely agree. He is a knob, Ed Lorraine. Completely agree. And those white pumps with no socks he was wearing with his suit were awful. Totally agree. He obviously thought he was from the um, Don Johnson Miami Vice. Yeah, the day, yeah. was horrendous. His behaviour towards Noah was shameful. Now, no, he's no angel, but the way Bennett treated him with his condescending gifts and spoke down to him was disgusting. And we both said that, Dave. Like he, yeah. Noah's a bit of a dick, but he, Bennett, fuck me, he just completely nailed himself to the cross there. Finally, I have to say, the best part of the entire episode was the photographer. He was awesome, and those tight shorts he was wearing, zero fucks given. He was brilliant. Bring back the photographer. He was the best entertainment. Love your bus sucker video, Chris. You did so well eating all that Aussie tucky. You won an excellent prize. That was a lot of ground to cover in 12 days, but you saw some great parts of Australia. Pity you didn't make it to Melbourne where I live, as it is a beautiful city. There is always rivalry between Sydney and Melbourne as to which is the best city. And as they say over here in Oz, catch you later, Lorraine, or Loza, as they get called. Now, Loza... <laughs> I will say, I don't know if you know, she might not because Melbourne's a big city, but my godfather lives in Melbourne and I have an open invitation to go over to um, do what they call the Iceberg of Swimming, Dave. And my uncle has done a video. Basically, they swim every morning. Some of these people in the 70s and 80s, there's a video called the Icebergers. And I think it's... um, Oh, God, I I know the bloody port because I'm dying to go over, but I know a lot of the guys. There's a... Um, enduro runner called John Van Wees, who he basically comes to the UK, Dave. He's swum the English Channel about 30 times, but he does a, a run from London. It's called the Arch to Arch run. He runs from London Arch to, to, to Dover, swims from Dover to Calais, and then cycles from Calais to Paris to under the, um, is it the, not the Mar- it's the Marble Arch, the Arch de Triomphe, I think it is. Mm-hmm. And he's the world record holder up until two years ago, and he's done it low. So no John Van Wees, I know. Sam Solomon, who's a, a boxer, and uh, the guy who runs it all over there is a guy called John Locko. So he runs this uh, Icebergers, and they're all in the 70s and 80s, Dave, most of them. They swim every day in on the sea 
in this bit around this port where these are, these are sports. I think it's Victoria around there, Dave, in uh, Melbourne. Yeah, right. But yeah, I'm dying to go. So Lorraine, put a bit of context on that, please, because I'm going to find all the details. But I speak to him daily. So yeah, Melbourne has a close placement. And obviously, I watch Neighbours every day, Dave. So uh, well, you know what I mean? You I was going to say, Melbourne has got a special place in my heart. Certainly when I was younger, because it's got my favourite street in the world, Ramsey Street. <laughs> yeah, without a doubt, Dave. Without a doubt. And I watched last night my first ever crush, Kylie Minogue, when she broke through on uh, UK TV when she was Charlene in Neighbours. Oh, loved, loved her. But yeah, we still watch Neighbours every day. And Lorraine, please put some context on. I'm going to find all the information out where they are, but I have them all on Facebook. I love Melbourne. It's just someone I've never visited. Do you reckon Kylie Minogue's got a picture of herself in the attic? Well, I was hoping she got a picture of me, Dave, but yeah. <laughs> She just doesn't get older. Um, yeah, but anyway, oh, oh, I mean, we all love Kylie, didn't we? I don't think there's anyone at, at our age kind of group who, who didn't. No, amazing, Kylie, amazing. Yeah. And Lorraine does follow up with a, a follow-on, just an add-on. It says, I meant to say sorry to hear about your brain tumor, tumor diagnosis, Dave, and I love your positive outlook and attitude. As they say here in Australia, you ripper. <laughs> That's pretty good, that, Dave. <laughs> so thanks so much. And and like I say, for me, it's like it's it's just a thing that happened ages ago. And it, the only reason I mention it is just because it, it gave me a bit of context to Zach's story and, and why I wasn't personally buying it. No, hey, Dave, and it's lovely that she's come back about, um, you know, you're very open about your brain stuff, Dave, the other week. And I think that's, that's so right in the context of it. You know better than anybody. You know what I mean? Especially with what uh, Zach was saying. So uh, I think you admire, and a lot of people have said that as well. It, it seemed to be like the Hail Mary stuff, wasn't it? Let's see who can outdo everything. You know, the, the way it was going, it was like, oh my God, I had a gerbil once and he died when I was six. Oh my God, <laughs> I've never got over it. <laughs> it's like, fuck off. That's serious. I know a joke at that. What, what he had was very serious and obviously what Ben talked about and everything, but it was literally the episode of Hail Mary's, wasn't it? Let's see what sad stories we can get going it just was continuous yeah i mean i from what i can tell well in fact let's let's discuss that after because i think the next email is speaks a little bit to that so i'll let you go yeah go ahead yeah this is from our good friend megan and it says hi chris and dave i love your show but it's obvious you guys are love island experts but not bachelor bachelor experts correct the fact that you are so surprised we all are making out tells me right away that you are newbies this is a staple of the show. I don't bat an eye after years of watching. Also, giving Tasha Claire shit about being on the previous show is crazy. That is how the show works. You get famous from previous seasons and then get the main stage. There are no leads that haven't had success on their shows, you know, on other shows. Also, the disdain at the contestants on their sad story, another staple. I refer to it as tragedy porn. I don't mean to minimize anyone's experience, but they always do this. If you had a sad story, you have to tell it by a certain point or you won't move forward. It's gross and not okay, but how it is. I really love your recaps. Your sister's from Michigan, where I live, but married a wonderful man from Manchester, Dave. No mention of Liverpool. No. <laughs> or say Ireland. Wonderful man from Manchester and has lived in England her adult life. I feel like your recaps bring us together. Megan, Thank you very much. Being a Manchester native, obviously David was passing through when he lived in Manchester. I... I appreciate that. And that's quite a positive one for me, Dave. She hasn't singled me out, but I'm taking it as a victory. <laughs> no, 
know, that's good. And I, of course, you know, we I poke fun occasionally, but I do love Manchester as well. I had 10 great years up there. Um, so, yeah, I, I, and I think we... We said right off the off, at the off, sorry, I'll put my teeth back in. Um, right at the off, obviously, this is outside of our comfort zone with the Bachelor, Bachelorette. Um, you know, we're more kind of into Love Island, but I, as I said at the top of the show, I don't think I'll ever really get used to the kissing. Um, and I, I don't know, I, I guess I'm questioning, Chris, how how much I'm liking this format. Because I, I kind of, I, yeah. I love getting on and discussing it with you. and But at its core, Chris, we know that all the people who go on to Love Island are after it for a bit of fame, but they fool me for a little bit that they're actually after love as well. Whereas, and, and you know, the, there's, there's always accusations about how fake it is and stuff and how set up certain scenes are. But I think, Compared to The Bachelor, it, it's like a fucking gritty drama, Love Island. <laughs> you know, this scene, <laughs> The Bachelorette, for me, just seems another level of, you know, polished and productionized and, and producer-led. And I, I get the impression, you know, from listening to other podcasts and things, that, that a lot of Bachelor Nation just kind of love that. You know, they love the familiarity of it. They know the, what, what to expect, the format of it, the formula. And even though it's not, you know, it, it's these reoccurring characters, I, I think I'm looking for people to be there for, dare I say it, Chris, the right reasons. I have to cling to something that someone in there is actually there for the right reasons. But with this format, I, I'm actually... I'm thinking less that anyone is there for, to actually find love than I started off the season as. Yeah. I mean, yeah. what, what, I, I think what do right. you think? I think so. I think you're right. I think what Megan said is, is great. And a lot of people who've emailed in and messages on Facebook and Twitter and that have said the same thing. That's the way it is. You ha- And what Megan said makes perfect sense. You've got to bring the, the tissues out, the sob story, everything. I think for me, being fatigued is because I watch so many, especially it's the talent shows in the UK. I know you've got like America's Got Talent and that. In the UK, most of the year, probably over half of the year is dominated by two TV shows on a Saturday night, X Factor uh, and Britain's Got Talent. And America's Got Talent is just the same. Britain's Got Talent. X Factor is exactly the same. It's just a purely a singing competition. But you always get the sob stories, don't you? Some of them are genuine. And I'm not, I've am not. i sat there and watched Sam get teary-eyed over. You know, if someone's had some serious illness and that, I've never poked fun at anybody who has had an illness or anything like that. But they pull all sorts out of the bag, you know, and, and sometimes it's not even in relation to family. It's just some ridiculous stuff. And then I've been laughing about in the last few episodes about, you know, the song You Raise Me Up comes on also. They always pull, it's just the format they use. So maybe that's what it is. Maybe it's fatigue. The Bachelor was obviously, and the Bachelorette was obviously the OG at doing this, Dave, and bringing this format. And everywhere around the world, in the UK, where we are, maybe they've just copied that situation Simon Cowell's it's Simon Cowell's baby both for them two X Factor and Britain's Got Talent so uh, obviously brought it to America but I think it was Pop Idol before them and um, so yeah so so maybe that's just what it is it might just be fatigue because we're seeing the back end of the Bachelor and Bachelorette because we've we've only piggybacked on the last year or so properly 
Yeah, and I think with the talent shows, like say you got Britain's Got Talent, right? They are there for a specific reason. And and I know, you know, you get these side sob stories and stuff, but they are there to demonstrate that they have talent and they, you know, want to make it as a singer, as a comedian, as a general entertainer, what whatever it is, they are there. And the sob story is like a side dish, you know, to the overall story to try and give them a, you know, make them a more of a fleshed out character. Here, you've got a dating show. So people who are pretending that they're there to, you know, end up married, to, to meet a life partner, get married, have babies and whatever, and move on. And I just, of all the shows we've watched, Chris, I find this the least authentic. Yeah. And, and I'm not I, trying, <laughs> you say, was it you saying last week, I'll never get pelters. I, I might get some now, but... I, honestly, that and and I just probably have to get over that. And and at some point, I bet there's people out there screaming now. You know, yeah, we all know it's fake. You know, it's like wrestling. We know it's predetermined what the outcome's going to be, but that doesn't stop it from being entertaining. And, and but I think that there's a small part of me that you know bit of a old romantic at heart that i just think you know people should be there for the right reasons and i just none of the people in the house now chris or the mansion la quinta i don't think anyone's there to actually find a person no i don't i don't i don't think Tasha's in there no. to find anyone i don't i think she knows that nobody um, he's right for her. I think that now, and, and look, she's been great the last couple of episodes because she don't, she does not uh, think he feels gladly, Dave. She she has got her head screwed on. She knows what she wants. She's very strong. And if, if she's had enough of you, you're gone. I will cast judgment, as we said on the episode the other day, with the Bennett situation, because that for me is you reap what you sow. If she's prepared to bring that idiot back, then that is just, bad news for me it really is bad news but we do get the face-to-face chat don't we right round the round table sort of thing so we're gonna have to see how that plays out next week's episode like it's gonna be a classic to be honest so i'm really looking forward to it but the bennett thing i just think that's a really really bad faux pas for taste if that unless she's gonna pick him and that's the one she's going off with there's no mileage in it i just don't see why she would have done that unless she in her heart she thinks bennett's the man which everyone else watching's like that is fucking really bad mistake well don't forget she doesn't see all the things that we see you know the first few episodes everyone was kind of you know warming to bennett i think you know he's this kind of quirky he was clearly a rich guy but he seemed to be quite humble about it you know he wasn't thrusting it in people's faces he was just kind of you know very clearly rich and and lived a different life from the rest of us whereas you know we've started to see more and more you know what an absolute dick he is and you know he does look down at everyone else and 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 actually, he's not actually that fucking smart in the first place. You know, he's just born with a silver spoon in his mouth. And, uh, you know, I just I can't help but be repulsed by people like that, to be honest, Chris. So he's proper fucking shit the bed as far as I'm concerned. Um, and, yeah, yeah. If, if Taisha takes him back, I, I'd wonder what her motivations are. 
Yeah, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. I, and it is in the context of what we see. And we're watching an edited show, Dave. So, you know, like anything, as much as you don't like Bennett, and I think what he did with Noah was a disgrace, but we still don't know what the full story is with him living there 24-7. Yeah, and look, he is a good-looking bloke. And look, he is fucking rich. <laughs> oh, probably. Yeah. Like I say, there's still an element of doubt from me, you know, I'm not sure what, because of this whole Harvard education thing, but he's clearly not that smart. I, I just wonder, you know, it makes me question everything about him. But um, now, Chris, I do have to tell you, and now you may not have listened to this, but Tasha's ex-husband was on the Reality Steve podcast. And he is not fucking tell me happy. More. <laughs> <laughs> so you know he's given his side of the story and i don't particularly think he comes off uh, particularly well either but i think this whole i think he was questioning and, and not very happy at the fact that she's painting it like you know they had this kind of perfect marriage but you know because of infidelity that's why the marriage kind of uh split up you know and I just think he said he was like working 12 hours a day and stuff. And, and, you know, there, there was, it sounded like there was no real intimacy there or anything. And, you know, he, he was unfaithful, but like admitted to it very quickly and then got in a bit of a cheap jab at the end there. She was saying, well, you know, I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm supposed to be the one who's cheating, but she's dating 25 guys. So, <laughs> So he's not happy, Steve. Uh, Steve, <laughs> it's reality. Yeah, Steve is the podcast. Yeah. He's not happy, Chris, and um, I. I don't think I, I would be either. And again, you know, we've been called out because you know she's kissing everyone, but that's not cheating. And again, I can watch a hundred more seasons yeah. of this, and I still won't change my mind on that. That that's just how it is. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Good work. <laughs> now, David, David, we have had a, a write-up about the show, haven't we, Dave? Oh, we did. I forgot about that. Have you got it yeah, to hand? So this is from a great... I have indeed, actually, oh, Dave. No, I was looking like... for it furiously because you asked me the other day and I couldn't find it. <laughs> so it's from a, a lovely site called the Book Bookalorette. Um, it's com, and it's a write-up about um, basically five of the best podcasts that are in relation to the Bachelor uh, Nation, Bachelor Bachelorette Nation. So there is a write-up, Dave, about ourselves. And... Um, they mentioned the Rosecast, Rim and AB. AB. We've got um, Here to Make Friends, Claire Fallon and Emma Gray. We've got, oh, Chris and Dave's reality cast, Dave. And it says, I recently discovered these guys when they were recapping Love Island USA. Also a fantastic show, though the UK version is better. Are you ready for this, Dave? Their sexy British accents and infectious laughter always puts me in a good mood. <laughs> I love that they can poke fun at the contestants and the franchise in general. Rather than blowing smoke up the bums of Bachelor Nation faves, Chris and Dave are honest and blunt in their critique of the episodes without being mean because they are just so damn jolly and lovable. Maybe quarantine is making me a little stir crazy, but if we are ever allowed to travel safely again, I want my first trip to be on a pub in the UK to talk reality TV with these two over a pint. Well, I thought that was absolutely. That's from we didn't know anything about this day. That's so nice, isn't it? 
Obviously, Chris, that is absolutely brilliant. And, you know, we just got tagged in on Instagram, didn't we? And I thought, oh, what's this? And, you know, followed it along. And, and it just makes you feel so humble and, and you know, um, uh, you know, just absolutely brilliant. Uh, yeah, humble is, is the only word that's coming to my mind at the minute. Wouldn't it be great, though, to just, you know, get in the pub, just chat shit, a few pints or a few proseccos for yourself, I guess. And then yep. uh, chat shit about reality TV. That sounds like a good fucking night. We just need these vaccines to <laughs> to come out, and obviously people to take them. And then, um, and yeah, then we'll be uh, then we'll be good. I I think that'd be brilliant. Preferably in Vegas, though. Maybe yeah, maybe I think more that, than Dave. A, yeah, more than a pub in Manchester. But but we could do both, couldn't we? Well, I'm, you know that I'm due there next October in Vegas, so maybe we could do a CD reality cast catch-up, Dave. You know what I mean? That would be the dream, I think. <laughs> that would be awesome, wouldn't it? Oh, I'm so jealous. Have you paid for it? No, not yet, but I've, I've got um, one of my other sisters wants to come now as well, so she's like uh, on board with it, saying she's going to come. Nice. So I've got it all in the pipeline. We've got it all there. I've got the people who we want to fly with and that. We're looking at maybe Virgin or BA. Because I'm not going in direct. I want to go direct this again this time. Yeah. Um, but it's a better flight as well. The, the, the planes are better and everything because we, we were absolutely on our arse with the jet lag when we got home. So right, um, right. I can't wait. I'm not bothered where we stay. As long as it's central this time, I'm not bothered. Bally's where we stayed last time wasn't the best hotel, but the room was lovely. It did the old 20 dollar gag i've told you before where you just put it in your passport and they upgraded the room to a suite yeah. and uh yeah we were away perfect room just to sleep in and it was lovely and clean and that so yeah can't can't complain awesome i think um yeah so so they fly out they fly direct from gatwick and it's virgin and oh it's just brilliant usually chris on on my way over there i'll get like good good solid three movies you know, probably watch two and then doze for a bit, watch another one, doze for a bit more, and then I'm there. And then you're straight, well, say straight through customs. Usually customs takes fucking ages, <laughs> but I'm pretty jealous you go in there next year. I might might have to remedy that situation. Yeah, you think you need to, Dave. If we if we need to go to have a podcast get-together, you know, and to recharge our batteries, especially if Love Island USA is in Vegas again, it's only right that we get over there and promote it, Dave. We should do, shouldn't we? Get get out there, do a live show. Be perfect, won't it? <laughs> That's the dream. <laughs> anyway, anyway, guys, thank you so much today for all your emails. Uh, that write-up from the booklet is brilliant. Thank you so much for that. And uh, I'm sure our good friend Lauren is going to come back at me, Dave. She'll probably try and send <laughs> over um, some sort of blunt instruments if just, just all over my front door and someone will just give me a whack with it and run <laughs> off but, um, anyway bring it on Lauren bring it on and if you want to contact us like Lorraine Lauren Dee has Megan uh, as always on social media at CD Reality Cast if you want to email us CD Reality at gmail.com and if you get a chance guys drop us a review on the show and your podcast catching up so Dave brilliant I'm so glad we got this bonus one in this week apologies for last week guys and uh, yeah it's all kicking off because we've got a double dose of Bachelorette this week Dave haven't we I know I know so it's uh, Monday and Tuesday isn't it so we and we've got the home visits and stuff coming up as well so it, it's going to be I mean we're, we've still got seven guys I guess at the minute I don't yeah, I don't really see. I mean, Blake is the obvious one. He's he's gonna go next, isn't he? Surely, but I think it's gonna be what happens with Noah. And 
include Bennett, she wanted decided to keep Bennett, Jetson, Noah, thinking she's made the wrong choice. And uh, yeah, Chris, I can't wait. Me neither, mate. And thank you. And have a good weekend, mate, and everyone else as well, because I'm really uh, enjoying it at the moment. Me too. All right. Cheers, mate. Speak to you soon. Bye.